Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. By the way, the parish mission is the St. Therese Church. Right down 22nd Avenue, the end of town. Beloved, you show to those in error the way of truth, so that they may return to the way of justice. These are the words from our collect, our opening prayer today. And these words reflect the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That we must help to show those in the air the way of truth. Especially priests, it is our duty as pastors to shepherd the flock. And part of this is through preaching and teaching. Father McDermott and I, we teach Sunday nights at the school next door here to high school students. Father teaches morality to sophomores. I teach scripture to freshmen in high school. And we both try to form our students in the faith. My classroom is right across the hall from Father McDermott's. And last Sunday evening, through the doors, even though they were shut, I could hear loud speaking and laughing. And I was kind of curious after the class got out. Um, mine got out a couple minutes after Father McDermott's. And one of the students happened to be still there in the hallway. And I said, inquiring, what was the reason for the loud talking and the laughter? And she explained to me that um, during class, Father McDermott brought up the topic of the girl at Tremper High School who wants to become prom king. And I'm sure everyone's heard about this since it made the front page of the provincial papers, maybe the local news to television. I don't watch TV, so I don't know about that. But the first day it was reported in the Kenosha paper, it explained that the administrators at the high school refused to allow this, saying that the girl could run for prom queen since she is a girl, but not for prom king. And I called the high school left a message with Mr. Aiello, who was the principal, commending him for his decision. Well, lo and behold, the next day, the front page of the Kenosha paper has a story that the officials in the school district overruled the principal and are allowing this girl to run for prom king. And I say, shame on them. Shame on them for contributing to confusion in our culture, especially amongst our children. By doing this, they are teaching them wrongly. Jesus warned solemnly, it would be better to have a millstone around one's neck and be cast into the sea than to corrupt one of these little ones and lead them to sin. The Kenosha paper reported that this girl is demanding to have access to the boys' bathrooms. This is kind of a movement around the country. If you know, down in Illinois, in many other places, schools are allowing 
For example, high school boys who claim they are transgendered to use girls' bathrooms and shower rooms. In fact, the states of North Carolina and Mississippi have just passed laws to protect students from this lunacy. And maybe you've read, as I did, um, the blogs that the rich and the famous, like the rock star Bruce Springsteen, are boycotting the states of North Carolina and Mississippi because they passed such laws. My brother shared with me the other day that he's breaking his Bruce Springsteen records in protest of him. So all these policies that are allowing these crazy things to happen in our schools violate the right of privacy for other students. And they work to break down the sense of modesty and decency in our students, promote confusion. Our own students in class last week told Father McDermott that if they speak out and say the truth, they are attacked by their fellow students because they've been brainwashed by the culture, by the administration, uh, school officials, the district officials who are allowing these things. In charity, you see, we have to speak the truth. Speaking the truth is an act of love, it's an act of mercy, of true compassion. When people are misled and confused about moral issues especially, we have to speak out. The truth is that there is no such thing as a transgendered person. There are only males and females. In the book of Genesis, we read, in his own image, God made them male and female, he created them. And I'll read here from Pope Francis's latest letter in which he speaks to this. And I quote this in the bulletin, by the way, for this week. Pope Francis says, well, he speaks of the challenge posed by the various forms of ideology of gender that denies the difference and reciprocity in nature of man and woman and envisages a society without sexual differences, thereby eliminating the anthropological basis for the family. This ideology, he says, leads to educational programs and legislative enactments that promote a personal identity and emotional intimacy radically separated from the biological difference between male and female. Consequently, human identity becomes the choice of the individual, one which can change over time. Today I'm a male, tomorrow I'm a female, the next day I'm in between, whatever. I've read a number of reports over these past years of parents pumping hormones into their children, allowing them to be surgically mutilated and sterilized under so-called gender reassignment surgery. And in order to address this movement, which is so harmful, the American College of Pediatricians is urging educators and legislators to reject all policies that condition children accept as normal a life of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex. The American College of Pediatricians issued a report, and I'll quote a couple of items from the report. One, human sexuality is an objective biological binary trait. XY and XX are genetic markers of health 
not of disorder. Two, no one is born with a gender. Everyone is born with a biological sex. Gender, which is an awareness or sense of oneself as male or female, is a sociological and psychological concept, not a biological one. The report says that the transgender phenomenon is artificial, it's a social construct, that means it's invented. It has no real basis in reality, okay? And it's dangerous. Johns Hopkins Hospital was a pioneer in gender reassignment surgery. It's now done a complete reversal, refuses to perform these discredited procedures. Its former chief psychiatrist, Dr. Paul McHugh, acknowledges that transgenderism is a mental disorder and the idea of sex change is biologically impossible. People who identify as feeling the opposite sex or somewhere in between do not comprise a third sex. They remain biological men or biological women. Father McDermott told our high school students last week, if a man grows his hair long and puts on a dress, he doesn't become a woman. If a female cuts her hair short and dresses like a male, she doesn't become a man. Those who experience a lack of identity with their own biological sex need help. They need counseling. Studies by good psychologists show that the root cause of these feelings of confusion over identity can often be traced to depression which is a result of personal loss, or broken families, or sexual abuse, or an unstable home life. Deep depression leads kids to want to draw attention to themselves, to be someone other than who they are. And for this reason, we mustn't show hatred or, or disdain for people like this little girl in terms of high school, or the Bruce Jenners who are out there. We must show compassion true compassion, and extend to them a Christ-like love, which includes, above all, communicating to them and others in society the truth about the human person created male and female in God's image. We must pray also for our youth who are so confused and misled today, largely from the media, movies, especially television, TV programming. We must pray for our country that return to Christ, because our country has turned its back on Jesus Christ and the Gospel. And I'm going to end here by quoting Father Gabriel Amorth. He is the chief exorcist of Rome. Maybe you've heard of him. I've read his books. Father Amorth has contact with the other side with angels and demons who have been communicating things to him. And in this interview, which took place on December 30th of last year, 2015, a little more than three months ago, he said this, at one time Israel, the nation in the Old Testament times, pulled away from God to embrace idolatry. God sent the prophets whom they treated badly. Finally, God punished them. 
Today, the world turns from God. We see it in laws that go totally against nature, such as divorce, abortion, gay marriage. We have forgotten God. Therefore, God will soon admonish humanity in a very powerful manner. He knows how to remind us of his presence. Then the interviewer said, there are rumors that you indicated a period of eight months, maybe less. Father Ingworth responds, I think we are very close. More and more so. The Lord will make himself heard, and the world will respond. I look at all this with optimism, says Father Emorth, because God always acts for us to obtain a greater good than the punishments he inflicts, which are meant to open the eyes of humanity which has forgotten and abandoned him. <clears throat> he says divorce has been a disaster. Every year, 50 million children are murdered by abortion, euthanasia, broken family, cohabitation. It is all destruction. At Fatima, Our Lady said to the young seven-year-old Jacinta, the sin that brings the most souls to hell is impure sin, the sin of the flesh. He said this to a young girl who didn't even know what it was. We must listen to what Our Lady says. Yes, we must listen to what she says. That message of Fatima is prayer and penance. Father Amor's sobering words should motivate us to pray and perform acts of penance for our country, for our world, that it may turn once again back to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.